The first scripture reading today from the Old Testament comes from Isaiah, selected verses. Listen to God's word. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right. For soon my salvation will come and my deliverance will be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. This is God's word to us today. Thanks be to God. So our second scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 15, just 20, verses 21 to 28. Listen to God's word. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she, keep, she, she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is God's word to us today. Thanks be to God. So I don't know if this is... Um, I'm not fitting into the red-hot topic uh, thing here, um, but in a sense, great faith is the red-hot topic. It's what the whole Bible is about, about faith in God. So, so I say, even though it's not controversial maybe, but, it, but this is my way of doing my red-hot topic, great faith. So today we're going to look at the, the power, the, per, the persistent, repentant, reverent, and resilient power of faith. We're going we're to examine the components of great faith. We're going to see where it comes from and maybe how to get and how to live by great faith. So I don't know about you, but that's I want to live with great faith. So I have a few questions for you to get into this uh, topic. Have you ever pleaded with God for help? Have you ever begged the Lord for an answer, for healing, for wholeness, maybe just for some peace? And there was silence. Silence. Deafening silence. If so, you may be able to relate to this unnamed Canaanite woman. Have you ever pleaded with God for help and have you begged the Lord Jesus for an answer to health, healing, wholeness, maybe peace, just a little shalom, and we're told, not now. Not yet. Your faith isn't strong enough. If so, you may, able, may be able to relate to this unnamed woman. Have you ever felt like an outsider, a no-name, a misfit, a foreigner, 
an outcast? If so, you may be able to relate to this unnamed woman. And finally, if you simply want to have, have your faith go from a little bit of faith to great faith, we can learn something from this, this story, this unnamed woman. So let's dive into the passage and we're going to see what comprises great faith, try to find out where it comes from and how to get great faith. But before we do that, we need a little bit of background and then we'll do it. So Jesus had gone to the northern regions of Israel, even a little outside of the region, for some rest and relaxation. In Mark's account of the story, it says that Jesus entered a house and he didn't want anyone to know that he was there. He just wanted to get away from the crowds and get a little rest. And who doesn't? Hey, you've probably taken a little, a couple of trips this summer. John's away now for a little bit of rest. We all need a little bit of rest. And Jesus is no exception. But his vacation was cut short, a little bit short, by this unnamed Canaanite woman who recognized who he was and his tremendous power. And she, for she came shouting, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. She came shouting. Do you hear her passion? Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter's tormented by a demon. Yeah, she's not, she's not mealy-mouthed. She's not timid at all. She's not meek. She's desperate, desperate, and you can hear it in her voice. And she knows who he is. She knows he, who he is because she called him Lord. She used the title Lord, son of David. It's a messianic title. So she knew that he was the Messiah. She knew it. So she acknowledged that he's the savior, the Messiah of the world. So she knows who he, she's addressing. So she's shouting after the Lord of life, the one and only Lord God who has the power to heal, to make whole, and to restore life. This woman is desperate to help her daughter. She's willing to do anything for her daughter, anything. And I think some of you can probably relate to that. It's what mothers do. It's what mothers do. It's who you are. We know what mothers do. Mothers protect their kids. They're desperate for their kids. They want their, their kids well and whole and not, and not eaten and not, you know, they want them, you know what I'm talking about. So, so now we're going to look at some, some components of great faith. And then we'll find out where it comes from and how to get it. So the first component of great faith is repentant faith. Repentant faith. Repentance is turning from and turning to. She's turning, this lady is turning from and turning to. She's turning from faith. Uh, she's showing repentant faith by turning from whatever God's, whatever um, hopes, whatever natural healing processes they or incantations that they may have tried before. And she's turning to the Lord. She's turning to the Lord, son of David. She's turning to the Messiah for help. She's turning from past practices to the new, from past practices to the new covenant, to the Lord, son of David, to the Emmanuel, God with us, God the Almighty. So she's, she's turning to God who walks the earth, walked the earth for her, for us, and she's, that's what, where she's showing repentant faith, turning from and turning to. She's putting her faith and her hope in the only one 
where we can put our faith and hope. She's doing that. So the second component is re- re- resilience. In the face of silence, this desperate woman kept shouting. She kept shouting. She kept shouting. She said, she kept shouting after him, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Lord, son of... It starts to irritate you, right? Well, it, it irritated the disciples because they said, send her away. She keeps shouting after us. She was a resilient force to be reckoned with, and she wasn't backing down. That's what mothers do. She kept shouting and knocking and begging and pleading, and she kept, she kept after him. Then when, the, when Jesus replied, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, we see even more resilience, but we also see the third component of faith. The third component of faith is reverence. Reverence. For this desperate, repentant, resilient woman came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, help me. She went from standing and shouting to kneeling at the Lord's feet. She went from walking to worshiping, from begging to bowing. You can almost hear her reverent whisper, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Do you hear? Do you hear the desperation? Lord, help me. Then even in her worshiping, kneeling, reverence at the feet of Jesus, she hears the Lord say, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Pay close attention. What does she do now? Does she walk away? Does she give up? Does she quit going to church? Does she cease worshiping? Does she break down in a flood of tears or throw a temper tantrum? No. No. She stays in the moment. She's resilient. She's like a pit bull on a stick. She's resilient, reverent, and even repentant. She goes right into a prayer of confession. She goes, she owns the fact that she's an outsider. She owns the fact she's even a dog. She says, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She knows she's not righteous. She knows she's not worthy. But she stands her ground. She doesn't give up. She doesn't give in. She doesn't walk away. She's a little bit like that mother hen in our video clip, for she flies in the face of Jesus, passionately asking for for her daughter to be healed. And with that, the Lord says to her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. At that point, the woman leaves with great faith. Great faith that what the Lord said was going to be done, even though she couldn't see it. Even though it wasn't right in front of her. This was like the centurion servant where Jesus said, Let him be healed, and um, the servant was healed, and the centurion didn't see it instantly. Friends, this woman was like a pit bull on a stick with her resilience. We're going to see a couple of pictures of uh, 
pit bulls on sticks. Because pit bulls, pit bulls don't give up their sticks easily. I don't know how many have pit bulls or had pit bulls. Anyone? No. But pit bull, you know the saying, right? Pit bull on a stick, it's like you can't, you cannot get it away from the, from the, from the pit bull. So she was like a pit bull on a stick and wouldn't let go, wouldn't let go no matter what. She's like this. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let go. Can you and I experience this repentant, resilient, reverent faith in our lives? Can we become pit bulls on sticks? Can we become um, with great faith? Well, let's see. Let's see where it comes from and then um, see how we get it. So where does it come from? Well, Romans 10, 17 gives us a major, major clue. It says, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. So faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of Christ and hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hearing is so, so, so important. And if you're in any sort of relationship, you'll know what I'm talking about. Hearing is really, really important. I know. Uh, I look back on, on the, the Gospel of Matthew to see where, where this... Um, where this woman may have heard about this. And in Matthew, I was astounded, in Matthew 4, right after Jesus began his ministry, it says in, in verses 23 and 24, it says this, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And did you hear the subtle hint in there? His fame spread throughout all Syria. All Syria. Well, guess what? Tyre and Sidon are in Syria. This unnamed Canaanite woman lived in Syria. So she heard about Jesus, his lordship, his power, his miracles. She heard about him being the Messiah. Now, after this, after the Matthew 4 account, Matthew's gospel recounts 12 more other incidents of Jesus' healing. He cleansed the leper. He, he healed the centurion servant. He healed many in Peter's house and cast out demons, healed the Gadarene uh, demoniac, healed a paralytic, healed the woman with 12 years of bleeding, raised a girl from, uh, to life, healed two blind men, a mute man by casting out a demon, healed a withered hand, and he healed many crowds. And then, just 40 miles away from this story setting, Jesus healed the sick at Gennesaret, because in Matthew 14, it says, when they had crossed over, they came to, to land at Gennesaret. After the people of that place recognized him, they sent word throughout the region and brought all who were sick to him and begged him that they might even touch the fringe of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. So friends, faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word about Christ, hearing the word of Christ. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? And listen, we've heard even more about Jesus Christ than this woman. Because you see, at this time in her life, she did not hear about the Last Supper, where Jesus stripped and stooped and served his friends and saying, now that I, the Lord of life, have served you, so you should serve one another. And she didn't hear about Jesus being betrayed, beaten, bloodied, and nailed to a cross to give his life for our eternal life. She didn't hear any of that. 
She demonstrated great faith without hearing that. Are we listening? Are we listening? So I think you know how, I know how, how we get great faith, by listening. Listening to the word of God about Jesus Christ, simply listening. But listening and believing, believing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, your healer, your advocate, the one who will fly in the face of any predator for you. And finally, great faith comes from being passionate. Passionate. Passionate for yourself, passionate for your children, passionate for your grandchildren, passionate for life, passionate for health, passionate for salvation. So listen, and you're going to participate here. So we need to believe, wait, we need to listen, believe, and get passionate. Listen, believe, and get passionate. You can do this. Listen, believe, and get passionate. Let's say it together. Listen, believe, and get passionate. Listen, believe, and get passionate. Listen, believe, and get Come on, listen. <laughs> and then you hold on. Then you hold on. You hold on. You get your stick. You get, you, you get on your stick with passion, passionate, repentant, reverent, resilient faith. You cry out to Jesus. You shout to Jesus. You kneel before Jesus. You ask the Lord of life, the one alone who can give his life, who gave his life for you, for me, that we might have life and life abundant and life eternal. We get on our stick. Amen.